to do righteousness, obey what the Lord desires us to be so we can hear the best reward in heaven. Jesus' words to me, well done, good and faithful servant. How are you using God's gifts? This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. We all receive God's gifts in one form or another, but you know, it's our job to use these gifts for God's calling on our lives. This is a small way we can give back what God has already given to us. Here's David in the second section of his message called Rewarder. For those of us who know Christ, He's been merciful to us. We're not going to hell. We deserve hell in our rebellion against Him, but His death on the cross accepts our forgiveness so that we don't get what we deserve. So blessed, Jesus said, are those who don't give people what they deserve when they step on our toes. Have any of you had anybody step on your toes, not literally, but figuratively, hurt you in any way? Of course you have, as have I. And Jesus said, when you extend mercy to them, not giving them what they deserve, when that day comes that you step on somebody's toes and you hurt somebody, you'll be given mercy like you gave mercy out. It's the law of reciprocity. What you give out eventually comes back to you. If you give out righteousness, if you obey God, rewards then come back to you here first. But secondly, also in heaven. In heaven. The Bible actually talks more about our heavenly rewards than our earthly rewards. Um, Basically, the truth is God will give us extensive rewards in heaven for our faithfulness here. Uh, Let me give you this truth again. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. You came into this world buck naked, you're going to leave this world buck naked. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Say it with me. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. It's a truth of the scripture. We can build up for ourselves rewards in heaven. Uh, Jesus taught it over and over again. Let me give you a few examples concerning money. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on where moths can eat them and rust can erode them and thieves can steal them. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. The implication is you can't take money with you, but you can send it away. There's a way to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, In Matthew, the sixth chapter, in the verses earlier, in verses 1 through 18, Jesus teaches three spiritual disciplines. They should be a part of all of our lives. He begins each one with a when, not if. He said, for example, when you give money to the poor... We are especially to have a heart for the poor if we follow Jesus. When you give money to the poor, don't do so publicly so that everybody can see you and you can receive gratuitous praise from people. But rather, Jesus said, go into a secret place and give to the poor. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, but your Father who sees in secret. Do you believe that the Father in heaven sees everything? He does. The Father who sees in secret, Jesus said, will reward you. Second discipline, not only when you give, but when you pray. When you pray. God in Jesus expects us to pray. When you pray, don't parade yourself publicly like the Pharisees do who hire trumpeteers to blow their trumpets to draw attention to their prayers. By the way, in case you didn't know, that's from where we get the phrase, tooting your own horn. Don't be like that, Jesus said. But when you pray, go into your secret place 
and your father who sees in secret. For those of you who watch pornography and you think nobody sees, what a lie. Your father who sees in secret will reward you if you pray in secret. And then if you fast, when you fast, there are times to fast from things in order to draw attention to the spiritual side of life. When you fast, Jesus said, don't be like the Pharisees who mope around with sad faces and draw attention to themselves, but keep a joyful face and trust me because your father who sees in secret will reward you. That This whole idea of rewarding from Jesus is talked about over and over again. Uh, by the apostles too. Second Peter chapter three, verse 10 says that one day everything on earth is going to be destroyed by fire, by flood and water with Noah, but at the end of the world by fire. Scorched earth policy from God, everything. You know, this earth is going to ultimately be our home. When Jesus comes back, he is coming back by the way, you know that? When he comes back, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I think fire is going to give new nutrients to the soil and allow this place to prosper like God originally intended in the Garden of Eden. But you know what I think all of us need to do? Is I've adjured you before. Take a tag, put it on every one of your possessions, and let this tag say, gonna burn. Gonna burn. If it doesn't end up in a landfill, it's going to burn. You can't take it with you. But you can send it ahead. Meryl and I have taken some long plane rides and doing some of the missions work we do. One of the longest is from Charlotte to India, lasts 15 to 16 hours. But can you imagine what a flight attendant would think if I got on that flight, got into my seat, and then took out little postum notes and put little notes on there reminding me of chores that I needed to do. And then I took out pictures of my family, Marilyn, the kids, the grandkids, my mom and dad, and started putting them on the seat in front of me, on the window, beside me, all around me. Can you imagine what the flight attendant would think about that? She or he would eventually come to me and say, what are you doing? I mean, even the longest flight ultimately has a destination. And you're going to spend a whole lot more time on that destination than you are your few hours on this seat. Why are you putting those pictures up here? And I think many of us live life the same way. We think this world is all there is. And we make everything revolve around this world, failing to realize that we're going to spend a whole lot more time in the eternal destination than our few hours on this flight here. If you put a string from that side of the room to this side of the room and put one small pin in the middle of that string, that's yours and my life in the expanse of eternity. Jesus tried to teach us that what we do here matters forever. We'll receive eternal rewards for how we use his possessions that he has given us here. In Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, although they can't repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Jesus said, When you use your money, use it to care for the poor. Stop using it for quid pro quo arrangements with other people when you give money just to get money back. But give to those who can't repay you. 
And when you do so, at the resurrection of the righteous, that's his second coming, you will be repaid. You will receive a reward. And I think there's going to be a special reward for the martyrs. Those who've given their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Did you know there were more martyrs in the 20th century than all the previous centuries combined? Did you know that has carried over into the 21st century and we are seeing an explosion of Christian martyrs all around the world? And the world right now is experiencing literally thousands upon thousands of Christians who are being slaughtered today because of their faith in Jesus. And folks, their reward in heaven is going to be great. And you know what? When I'm there, I'm not going to be envious one bit that their reward's greater than mine. They deserve it. In the book of Revelation, the martyrs are in heaven even right now crying out to God, how long? How long? How long will they have to be martyred for their faith, Lord, can't you stop it? And God assures them the day will come. The day will come. But their reward in heaven will be great. Because Jesus promised that would be the case. Polycarp was the bishop of the city of Smyrna in the second century. He was captured by the Romans and told to curse Christ or be burned at the stake. Here was his answer. What would your answer have been? He said, 86 years I've served him, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who has done me no wrong? You threaten me with a fire they, that will burn for an hour, and after a while is quenched, for you are ignorant of the judgment of everlasting punishment received for the ungodly. Do as you wish. And they burned him. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 11 and 12, blessed are you when people revile and persecute you for my name's sake. For your reward in heaven will be great. Great. Revelation twenty two twelve. 12, Jesus said, behold, I'm coming soon. Have I told you that Jesus is coming back? I just want to make sure every week practically I tell you that. He is coming back and he will hold us accountable for how we've lived our lives. I'm coming back soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. Did you know in the early church, they had a membership class too. Their membership class was a membership class on how to face martyrdom. There was just an assumption that if you come to faith in Jesus and you make a public declaration of your faith and are baptized and join the church, you're going to suffer. Maybe we should offer a membership class on martyrdom. Hmm. But Jesus said your heavenly rewards will be great. What are they? Well, first of all, eternal joy. Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus thought the sufferings of the cross could not begin to compare with the joy he would one day face in heaven. 
So for those of you who are undergoing some depression times, seems to be prevalent in our culture, maybe one of the ways you should address it is to look forward to the joy that heaven will bring you. Secondly, 1 Corinthians 6.2 says we're going to judge evil people here. The Hitlers, the Stalins, the Khomeinis, the others who are just evil. What a cool moment that'll be. We get to judge them with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6.3 says we get to judge the angels. Now, that, that's not the good angels. They're righteous. They don't need judgment. It's the bad angels, the fallen angels. It's those demonic hordes that have been tempting you and me to fall prey in temptation to evil that's caused us all kinds of pain and hurt because we've given in. And I can't speak for you, but I'm looking forward to judging a couple of those suckers who've been tempting me for all of my years. Aren't you looking forward to that? It's one of the rewards that we get in heaven. We'll oversee and rule cities. I don't totally understand that, but there'll be cities in heaven, and those who've been righteous and faithful here will oversee cities. We'll get crowns of righteousness and other kinds of crowns, which interestingly, the Bible says, we'll then throw at the feet of Jesus in our first worship experience. Because even our crowns that we've earned by our good works we realize have only been given to us because of the grace of Jesus. He deserves the worship we throw him at his feet. Luke 16 says that the unrighteous mammon that we send to heaven, that means money, the money we give away, you know, that you're sending yourself with your money. You know that, don't you? That when you give money to India or to the Syrian refugees or wherever that might be, you're sending yourself. And when your money, yourself has been sent and the gospel has been proclaimed and people have come to faith, Jesus says in Luke 16, the parable of the unrighteous steward, that when you get to heaven, those people who've been made friends with God because of your unrighteous mammon will be there to greet you. Isn't that going to be cool? Marilyn and I fully expect people from India and Brazil and Syria and Europe and all the places where we've invested God's money that he's given to us for there to be people from all those ethnic tribes coming to us and saying, thank you, we're here in heaven because you sent unrighteous, ungodly mammon money so that people could preach the gospel to us. Alfred Nobel awakened one morning eating breakfast, picked up his paper, started reading the obituary. I don't know if you know or not, but as you get older, you start reading the obituary. (laughs) And he noted an amazing obituary, his own. Some wag reporter had mistakenly thought he died and wrote his obituary. And he was amazed to read how he would be remembered. The dynamite king, the one who invented dynamite and all the destruction that dynamite had wrought in the world. Alfred Nobel then committed himself to take all of his vast monetary resources and do a remake of his life. And he devoted all of his resources no longer to be the king of destruction, but to be one who promoted peace. And he started then the Nobel Peace Prizes. Now, few of us get the opportunity to awaken in the morning and read our obituary. But we can begin now to choose to do righteousness, do justice, obey what the Lord desires us to be so we can hear the best reward in heaven. I can't speak for you, but what I look forward to the most is to hear Jesus' words to me, well done, not well thought of, 
well felt, well done, good and faithful servant, your reward is great. So what I want you to do now is to think of yourself on this platform, and this platform is your life, and God has given you a role that he wants you to live out. Nobody else can live it out but you, and you are playing to a group of one. Your audience on this platform is one out there, and it is the Lord God of the universe revealed through Jesus Christ. And listen, every time you resist temptation, every time you give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus, Mark 9, 41, Every time you refuse to speak evil of someone and give blessing to someone. Every time you do righteousness, I want you to imagine that the Lord God of this universe in Christ is standing up and giving you an uproarious ovation. You don't play to other people's mindsets. You could care less what the world says. You're here to please one. You're playing to an audience of one. So therefore, dear friends, whenever you have more, remember the reward. Whenever you feel bored, remember the reward. Whenever you desire to hoard, remember the reward. Whenever you feel sore at God, remember the reward. Whenever you're trying to develop your physical core, remember your eternal reward. Remember, when you start to desire to be Lord, you're not. Remember his reward. And whenever you want to soar or roar, remember the reward. I thought that was pretty good, by the way. Remember, remember, I'm nothing. Christ is everything. And you live now, even though blank has happened to you, he's for you, and he is your rewarder here and in heaven. Believe it and trust him that one day, one day, your reward will come. To Christ alone and always belongs the glory. This is Moments of Hope with David Chadwick. Thanks for listening. Coming up, David joins me in the studio to talk about how we can find a need and fill it in our daily walk with Christ. We'll be right back. What does the Bible tell us about the end times? The Bible is a book about soteriology, your salvation, redemption, and eternal life. David Chadwick has made an informative video called The End Time Prophecies. From Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, God's Word is revealing facts about the times we live in, as well as the second coming of Jesus Christ. We would love to give this video to you as a resource to equip you, to help you understand the history and prophecies of the second coming found in the Old Testament. In this video, David covers the validity of Scripture, Jesus' first coming, and how we can have faith in His second coming. This video is a compelling account of the foundation of the Christian faith. To receive your free copy of this video, go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener. Again, go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener for your free copy of this informative, educational video from David Chadwick. End Time Prophecies from David Chadwick. Get yours for free today.
I'm Jen Houston, and with me today is our pastor, David Chadwick. David, thank you so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to be with you, Jen. This week, we've been talking about some of your Davidisms, which are, are nuggets of spiritual wisdom that you've collected throughout your life. And today, we've come to the idea of healing hurts and filling needs as a part of our daily walk with Christ. Would you talk with us about this one? I will, Jen, and it's actually stated, find a hurt and heal it find a need and fill it. I think in looking back in my memory bank, this came from Robert Schuler, the televangelist, and he said this a lot, and I thought it was always good. So I'm trying to give credit where credit is due. So let me ask all our listeners, are you looking for a new way to start your day, one which will glorify God and allow Him to use you each and every day in a powerful way? Well, when you rise in the morning, pray this prayer, Lord, thank you for this day. You Use me as your servant. Show me someone who is hurting. Give me eyes to find a need. Jesus modeled servanthood for all of us. He came to earth to serve, not be served, Mark 10, 45. As his followers, we should do the same. Throughout each day, our eyes and ears should be open, like radars seeking to detect a target. Our targets are those in need, people with hurts, wounds, or physical or spiritual needs that must be met for their simple survival. Become the hands and feet of Jesus to your world. Be his servant, no matter where you may be. This is so simple, yet profound to do. It can be done anywhere, anytime, any day, and by you. When you are being used by Jesus like this, day after day, there's purpose in your life. And over time, you will see Jesus' larger purpose for your life beginning to unfold as you find a hurt and heal it and find a need to fill it. Begin now, today at this moment, and God will use you in mighty ways. This is so good, and I'm reminded, we really don't have to look that far to see a need and to fill it. You know, I've I've had some friends in, in recent days have come down with COVID, and an easy thing to fill a need is to go to the grocery store for that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. drop some stuff off, make a meal. Like, it's needs are everywhere all around us. Yeah, and Jen, when I get asked the question repeatedly by people, well, what's God's will for my life? I go, well, I can tell you what God's will for you is right now, <laughs> to find a hurt and heal it, to find a need and fill it. Yeah. And if you do that, again, over weeks and months and maybe even years, I think in the larger capacity, you'll see, oh, that's where God wanted me to serve. Yeah. That's where God wanted me to go. That's his fulfillment for my life. Mm -hmm. It starts to make sense as you just practice this day, your daily bread, as you give your life away to people in need. I love it. And another way to show people that we love them is T-I-M-E. I think just giving that, we all need somebody to listen to us so we can share our hearts. And I just feel like this is a way to bring healing to somebody or a need. Yeah, and it also encourages all of us to listen every morning for the whispers of God. Yeah. You know, as you read through the Bible, you'll see Jesus sees a lame man by the pool of Bethesda and heals him. He talks to a Roman official and has a word from the father that the Roman official's boy needs mm. healing. He's close to death. He's walking through Samaria and God says to him, go there to that well. There's a woman who needs your love. So I think all of us can listen to the whispers of God inside our hearts every day that say, 
go there. Mm -hmm. Go care for that person. Mm -hmm. Go reach out to him or her. And as you do it, you're then obeying the Father's will for your life this day. That's so good. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Thank you, Jen, as well. And if you'd like to receive these daily Moments of Hope, please go to momentsofhopechurch.org. Subscribe there. They'll arrive every morning in your inbox. A gift from me, my heart to yours, to give you a moment of hope. This has been Moments of Hope with David Chadwick, Senior Pastor of Moments of Hope Church. Today's message is from our online worship service, and you can be a part of our service each Sunday morning at both 9 and 11 o'clock by going to momentsofhopechurch.org. And while you're online, be sure to check out David's weekly HopeCast. It's free and available through our website. Also, be sure to check out David's End Times Prophecy video. It's free for our listeners. Just go to momentsofhopechurch.org backslash listener. For David and the entire Moments of Hope Church staff, this is Jen Houston asking you to pray for the communities that continue to struggle with COVID-19.